Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with investors, influencers, and remarkable personalities. We're excited to to be here with you guys again. We're uh, we're on behalf of Games Hub, so crypto talk show with all our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kovan, a co-founder of Gamespad, and uh, so Zoran today, he is a program director of uh, Tomorrow Conference. Uh, so Tomorrow Conference is the world's largest emerging tech event that will be having three editions this year. Uh, we're the first stop in Dubai, so technology entrepreneur uh, with a strong background, Zoran, uh, you know, went through his journey in multiple IT segments. Uh, he's very versed with innovative technologies in the fintech industry, mainly solutions regarding the blockchain, AI, chain supply, and digital identity on uh, governance. So, so today we're going to pick his brain and try to understand what is, <laughs> what is happening with the evolution of decentralized identity and uh, how does it impacting like, our, our, our privacy, right? <laughs> um, and so without further ado, uh, Zoran, for first of all, welcome here and thank you for being with us. And can you tell us a few words about your background and how did you got into blockchain? Certainly. So, first of all, thank you all for inviting me. I'm very proud to be here. Um, and yeah, let me let me jump jump right into onto the topic. So uh, about me. So um, I I got into the blockchain technology as early as 2011. Um, actually, a friend of mine who who was deeply involved with the Bitcoin, he was actually one of the Bitcoin core developers, uh, introduced me, <clears throat> and uh, it was something new. It was something that you know I didn't know a lot about. I came from, I mean, I my IT background was actually in uh, privacy and security, and also uh, system administration and engineering. Um, so I, I found the technology really interesting even back then, but I didn't give much thought about it, given, given it, I didn't give it too much attention at the beginning because I mean, first of all, it wasn't in the line of my work. And then, um, after a while, uh, while I was um, working as a Lean Six Sigma evangelist for the company of Avast, one of the largest antivirus companies, actually, we were introduced um, um, in 2011 first, but later on uh, through different segments because they were heavily exploring the utility of blockchain technology. And I somehow got involved with the team that was working on the on the blockchain development. Um, and I mean, one thing led to another. We even created, you know, payment methods and and payment processing platform that was, you know, dealing with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Initially, then we jumped onto some other platforms. But yeah, I mean, that was that was my first, uh, um, you know, get in touch with with the technology. And later on, uh, as I was found, I started my own company that was actually doing uh, blockchain technology development. You know, I got more involved and then with the 
help of the clients that were actually onboarded, you know, through the platform that we developed. We, we actually started working and developing further applications, especially decentralized applications at that time. So um, at some point I decided that the company was um, more interested in, in developing, you know, our own projects. And then we jumped into uh, several of them with the one that is extremely uh, usable and and popular, and that is in the segment of private aviation. So we created a decentralized platform for booking online, online booking of private jets. So this was one of the major uh, milestones for me personally and the company. And after that, we realized after successfully organizing also for the past 12 years one of the largest regional companies in the balkans in europe uh regarding e-commerce and digital marketing we decided to actually completely reform the conference and jump into the blockchain technology and all the emerging technologies that are out there now so this is this is mostly you know what I'm doing now, uh, organizing this conference, uh, as I said, or actually, as you mentioned, uh, in Dubai, which is happening in a couple of days. And after that, again, we're jumping back to Belgrade, uh, where we started last year. And then we'll have another edition, <coughs> apologies, uh, another edition uh, in Barcelona, in Spain, uh, in the beginning of October. So this is the brief overview of what I've been doing, um, and that's it. Nice. Sounds sounds like exciting news, right? Um, so, so if we go to details a little bit, right? So, what are the primary goals and objectives, like you know, in, in your what you see in Web three right now, what is happening? And if you would compare your experience, right, you, know, you mentioned you've been in aviation and other industries, right? So what, what, uh, what are the major difference for you and for what you see right now that can, you know, can be done maybe to improve certain uh, aspects of transition of Web2 companies into Web3? So, yeah, um well, the, one of the biggest challenges uh, that I currently see, but I'm not going to start with challenges, even though I'm going to mention it, is that the Web2 web companies are still not aware of the potential of, of the Web3 space. So this is one of the major challenges because we have a lot of uh, traditional uh, industries that are still strongly tied to the Web3 space. And... I mean, they are per perfectly safe and fine. I mean, they are they are making money. They are perfectly productive uh, where they are. But the thing is, uh, as always, um, you know, looking to explore uh, other uh, technological um, matters of advancing your business is actually something that they are missing out. So one of the you know major challenges is actually that educating them teaching them that everything they are doing now is perfectly fine, but it can be, uh, you know, transferred into the Web3 space because Web3 space is, even though it's not as developed uh, as it should be, in my personal opinion, um, it should definitely, you know, they should definitely consider that as an option or as a must even, uh, since Web3 will definitely take over 
the um, you know the way uh, the world works and we have seen that even uh, especially during the covid era uh, that a lot of a lot of uh, traditional uh, companies have actually switched to online um, ways of doing business so um, i mean we don't know what tomorrow brings right even though we are trying to predict in one way or another uh, but having that backup option and actually exploring the opportunities is something that everyone should focus on that's fair uh, yes couldn't agree more um but so so if you can tell us a little bit more about about the particular examples decentralized identity and uh, that you see and how do you envision its evolution i'll be curious to know more uh, yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, uh, my company is actually handling one of the projects that's dealing with the decentralized identity. So, um, I mean, I hope nobody will mind. I have some notes here that, that I wanted to, to utilize for this purpose as well. But I'm going to give some brief intro on, on the decentralized identity and, you know, where, where it takes us, basically. So, yeah, um, the decentralized identity is definitely this new emerging concept in the field of um, digital identity management. Um, uh, and unlike uh, traditional centralized uh, identity systems, um, where personal information is, of course, stored uh, in a, a centralized database controlled by a single entity, uh, uh, decentralized identity is self-sovereign, of course. And that means that the uh, individuals are in control of their own uh, digital identity. And this shift... Uh, that we normally um, um, have um, has uh, huge implications for both uh, security and privacy. And decentralized identities uh, actually offer a lot more secure and private solutions uh, to the digital identity management. Um, in these identity systems, definitely personal information is stored in a central database, but those information are as you all know, um, vulnerable to different types of attacks, right? So data breaches, other forms of cybercrime. Um, the central database can be always targeted by hackers, uh, and they, as always, still, uh, seek ways to steal uh, sensitive information. And... Uh, in contrast to that, of course, uh, decentralized identity rely on the blockchain technology. Uh, and by that, they are used to store and manage personal information um, with a technology that is using a network of computers. I apologize for this. Um, uh, so... Um, because it's stored on a ledger, of course, it's making it very difficult for the attackers to uh, manipulate the data. And um, since it's distributed uh, across multiple, multiple computers, and it makes it more secure and less vulnerable to attacks. Um, decentralized identities uh, are definitely uh, great because they offer uh, greater transparency. Um, individuals are able to see how their information is being used and who is accessing it, and they have the opportunity to give a control or uh, revert back the control to themselves, of course. Um, the 
decentralized identities offer great security and privacy through the use of encryption, which is really important nowadays. We have a lot of uh, systems who are actually not uh, using the technology in that sense. Um, and this provides a much better level of security. Uh, and um, then, yeah, uh, uh, where personal information is stored in a centralized database that is vulnerable to cyber attacks. Um, I mean, that's pretty much that. I mean, the conclusion of that is basically that uh, with the growing trends towards uh, decentralized technology, it is likely that we will see uh, a lot more decentralized identities to become the norm in digital identity management. And they will offer a lot uh, more secure and private solutions uh, for organizations and also for the individuals. So from what I'm hearing from you, like there is a lot of obviously important innovations happening, but like um, on our on our uh, side, we, we actually looked at a lot of projects, like you know, as a, as a, from the investment standpoint of view, like you know, and the the challenges you know we see, and I personally see, like you know, from a decentralized identity, that it's a very complex problem because there are so many centralized databases that are, you know, they simply are connected to basic, you know know your customer or KYC norms or anti-money laundering uh, like norms which you have to comply with multiple regulations across the world depending on each respective jurisdictions you're talking about right so multiple countries different jurisdictions and the, the the purpose of even like you know the basic purpose of protection of like any institution of doing like you know the verification on you right is to make sure you're not politically exposed person you're not like have some red flags as you know in terms of you know committing crimes or multiple things or like you didn't scam anyone etc cetera, etc cetera, right so it's just to protect themselves from legal and compliance standpoint now in a decentralized identity we might have other purposes it's simply to kind of navigate the future and to be able to log in to some app right you know using one identity which is you know just very useful but so the question here is like how does decentralized identity enhance the security and privacy compared to traditional centralized identity systems because a lot of people have troubles of understanding like you know how would actually be different Well, uh, I mean, decentralized identity uh, as a concept, uh, I mean, it's an interesting concept, first of all, because it is uh, distributed, uh, distributed across different uh, networks. So, um, okay, can you, can you just rephrase the, the question or repeat the question because I lost my train of thoughts? No, no, no worries. So, so basically... <laughs> Uh, the, the question is, how, the, uh, the, how does decentralized identity enhance the security and, pr and privacy compared to traditional centralized identity systems, right? Because if you think about it, that's, that's the, the entire conversation we're having here, right, is to make sure it's user-friendly, but at the same time, you know, like it's also secure and private, right, as opposed to the databases, traditional ones that are centralized, that are holding our data and you you know we've equifax one of the examples that people forget they're talking about like crypto having a lot of challenges and scams and then one of the biggest centralized like networks was breach and then we hear uh stories like LastPass, which is 
one of the top tools to actually store passwords was also hacked, right? You know, and that that's I'm not talking about even banks and others, right? So people want to understand clearly what is the benefit in terms of security and privacy from decentralized if we're comparing it to centralized. Yeah, I mean, the, the main benefit or actually the main benefit of having a decentralized identity is basically because all your data sets are distributed across the network. So none of the data sets can actually be uh, targeted as a whole in compare in comparison to the centralized identity. Um, and this is this is probably one of the of the greatest things that the decentralized identity has brought to the scene. Um, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the the way to operate with the with the, all the information stored, I mean, definitely it requires a sort of regulation, right? So uh, uh, regulation is actually the main pinpoint of how the decentralized identity is being handled without breaching any of the um, uh, regulations across the different countries. So uh, having, having, I mean, having the data stored on a decentralized network is definitely something that is preferred or I should say, um, but um, I mean, we, we still have a long way to go to actually have all our data stored on a decentralized network. I mean, if this is, if this is good. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's, I understand it's a broader question, right? So, so let's talk about maybe about the challenges and limitations that we have to address clearly and openly, right, in order to fully realize you know, the potential of decentralized identity. So what, what, what do you think right now from where you stand, where, like what are the major challenges, maybe name top three and limitations? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, one, one of the top challenges definitely is the uh, interoperability um, because the decentralized identity systems are still very early in in the stages of development and uh there are there's a variety of different um, approaches uh taken by different organizations and the lack of uh standardization has led to basically a somewhat fragmented ecosystem uh and it's making it very difficult to different systems to work together in between and the interoperability uh, between systems is very important it's basically essential uh, to allow users to um, easily transfer their identity between uh, different services uh, another challenge uh, is definitely user adoption uh, because it's a new concept and um, users are not yet familiar with it and to achieve wider adoption, um, it's definitely necessary to educate uh, people about the benefits of decentralized identity and to make the process um, of using it as simple and as user-friendly um, as possible. Um, one also uh, challenge that I can pinpoint that is pretty uh, big is uh, technical complexity. Uh, because decentralized identity systems are 
very more very much complex and more complex than the traditional uh, centralized systems and it can make it difficult for users to understand uh, how uh, the system uh, works and uh, it would be it, it's very difficult for even developers to build applications uh, that would make use of the decentralized identity and one of the goals is basically to simplify the entire uh, technology and to provide uh, uh, clear and accessible documentation, uh, especially for the developers. Um, yeah, I mentioned regulation as well as one of the uh, key points uh, because uh, there is a lack of con uh, consistent regulations uh, around the world. Um, and in order to fully realize the potential, basically, of, of uh, decentralized identity, it's necessary to establish uh, consistent regulations uh, that would provide a secure and supportive environment uh, for the development and for the implementation of these decentralized systems. So these are, let's say, top four, aside from the security that we already discussed. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, it's ironic. I've been reading the one of the research papers from the Microsoft, which is a, <laughs> one of the most centralized companies in the world that is trying to play in the centralized identity uh, field, uh, which is very, very ironic, right? They, they try, they, they're trying to create standards for the community, for the customers, partners. And then I thought, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, it's like, it's like a centralized uh, uh, wolf, wolf in a, in a, you know, in the in the decentralized sheep like you know uh, attire, right? So we we are talking about individuals that supposed to have true ownership of their you know their data of their digital identity and all the authentication, all the credentials that they might have with it, and at the same time the architecture does not allow them like you know so to do that, right? So because the architecture we're talking about in Web three world is very different, as you mentioned. So I agree with you. The standards and the challenges that the big corporations still control the majority of the market and for them to completely make it decentralized, if we're going to talk about it very openly and truthfully, it's not to their benefit, right? Because then they will lose control. And, you know, that's how they're making money, right? You know, from users and, you know, controlling their data because they data is king right now, as we know. Um, but slowly go into the next level of topics like listen we can talk about this long but i also want to hear more about the the conference right from you so we're talking about uh that you know it's going to happen soon you have stars that it's like speakers and like really big personalities can you reveal some names what are they going to speak about uh you know what's what presentations will be provided, like, you know, Fireside Chat, keynotes, maybe some other exciting things people can expect. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, for, for the Dubai edition of the Tomorrow Conference, we have um, um, managed to um, have a cooperation with a lot of companies, first of all. So we have gathered a huge support from the local administration and the government as well. Um, so we have uh, quite a few big names uh, coming to Dubai. 
for this particular event, uh, to name a few, uh, Mr. Craig Sellers, who is one of the co-founders of Tether, Stablecoin. Um, also, we have um, Dr. Marwan Al-Zaruni, who is the uh, CEO and president of the Digital Dubai. Um, also, we have some... Um, Mm, I'll I'll have to pull the list definitely because uh, my brain is currently going wild. Um, yeah, so uh, Mr. Joel Ditz, who is one of the founder uh, founding members of Ethereum, uh, who also uh, was in Belgrade last year, and his keynote was like extremely popular, one of the probably most popular ones in the entire conference. He was a complete star. Um, we will have. Uh, People from uh, Pixelinks, also uh, James Sutcliffe, uh, and also their mother company because they are under the wing of Animoca Brands. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much for that. I mean, we are still um, the agenda is being done uh, as we speak because we still have a couple of really high profile people that are attending the conference. Uh, also government officials uh, that we cannot yet announce names. And I apologize for that. Uh, we have been uh, really, uh, you know, politely asked not to do that while uh, the agenda is fully not complete. So, I mean, it's all on the website. You guys can mm -hmm. check it out and you can, you can actually get familiar with the topics that will be covered. But yeah, I mean, we, for the, for the format, uh, we will have, uh, keynotes, uh, we will have, uh, probably around seven or eight panel discussions around different topics, uh, in regarding to the emerging technology. Uh, but also we will have fireside chats that are, uh, organized, uh, uh, especially for the pre-registered um, uh, circle of people. And we will also have the uh, designated area for the investors who will be joining uh, the conference in, I must say, really large numbers. Uh, so it will be it will be a fun crowd, basically. Just, just don't invite Bill Clinton. If you remember Theranos, and then then FTX, everyone who invites him ends up badly. So, so be I could, I could actually, I could actually mention a few names, but I'm not going to because they received and some of them actually accepted the invitation, and unfortunately, we won't be seeing them um, at the conferences for okay. some time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, no, that's that's. Listen, that's great news. Seems like you know soon you're gonna have amazing uh, time and conference. And I think uh, Iran, uh, um, who's uh, my business partner, co-founder of Gamespot, also attend. Uh, so, what are the most attractive panels, like in discussions? You know that you know people should miss out. Maybe can... we have applause. Oh. Nice. So yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a simulation of how people will act at the conference, you know. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the panels are definitely. Um, uh, I mean, the the panels will definitely touch base on different aspects um, of the program, and uh, I mean, some of them will uh, revolve around artificial intelligence since this is the hot topic apparently for. 2023, I think that it's going to 
do some real real impact on the future uh, of technology, especially in uh, in regards to how traditional uh, industries will adjust and how they will utilize artificial intelligence. Um, uh, the panels are also uh, very much aligned with the idea and the vision of tomorrow conference for the metaverse exploration, since uh, we believe that the metaverse is a really great concept to um uh you know to drive us to the future and um i mean i'm not putting out names of the panels i'm just giving you the verticals basically that they will cover uh we are focusing on uh, virtual reality augmented reality pretty much robotics uh which is also going to be covered through several uh panels and also keynotes um um, the the fireside chats will probably be much more interesting in those regards. I mean, aside from from panels that are, I mean, they can be dynamic, right? But fireside chats that we organize will actually deep dive into some of the projects that are actually either being developed or have been developed in the in the previous years. So we will have uh, extensive coverage through different media channels for for those projects. And I mean, that, that's pretty much that. Uh, the blockchain technology as it is will cover be covered throughout the entire conference as the underlying technology for all for all the platforms that will be utilizing it. So this is pretty much that. Exciting. So uh, I'm sure people can go to the um, website also and check it out, as you mentioned. We're going to share the link, but just in case, it's to tomorrowconf.net. Right? So T-M-R-W and then C-L-N-F.net. You can check it out. There are speakers, events, the agenda. Uh, and yeah, listen, really exciting time. Uh, and uh, we think that, you know, right now is also... A little bit uh, um, better mood for everyone, since the Bitcoin is uh, you know just surpassed like 24k. So when the market is green, it's it's a little bit easier to speak <laughs> about everything, right? So definitely, definitely. Yes. So yeah, we we've actually noticed the same since last year. Uh, when we organized the Belgrade uh, event, um, I mean, everything was green. I mean, it started going down and then certain things happened with, uh, if you remember, um, Celsius and then who else was there? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Then Luna Terra. Then exactly. And exactly. Then it was, was a cascading effect. Yes. Exactly. But the hype was there. I mean, the good, good mood was there. You know, you can, you can feel it on the stage. Now people are more like focused on, on the actual development. And you can actually see by the number of projects that are arising now. And this is my personal opinion. Again, like the projects that go through this bearish market and they still focus on the development are actually the ones who are going to make it right. There are a lot of companies who actually lost a lot of assets. They lost a lot of people, good people, right. They had to let go. Um, I mean, the, 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 the optimism definitely went down. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, long term, I'm definitely optimistic about, about the, the state of market. But I mean, if you're looking long term, you're not paying attention to that. You're just focusing on what you're building and, and then you're moving on.
Yes. Okay. Uh, so perfect. So we, I think we're we're good with this, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really sincerely wishing you, you know, so that the conference will go well. Uh, thank you for being here as our guest. You know, so please, we'll do more Twitter spaces like that. So hopefully, we'll Zoran will join. Some you can invite some of your speakers, so we can do, you know, like a virtual panel. We'll be excited to do that. Uh, yeah. So please come uh, come to the conference in Dubai, and then. Well, you'll be excited to to participate more with you. Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, we say Habibi come to Dubai. Dubai is really nice. So feel free and reach out, of course, if you need, you know, any information. Thank you, Zoran. Yeah, well, and we have a, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned with Games Hub, a crypto talk show by GamesPad.